Hello, my friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. I'm Kirk Henderson. Thanks for joining tonight. After the Mavericks had a really, really uh, just sort of pleasing win, despite it being a grind fest at times, they defeated the Denver Nuggets 103 to 89. It was uh, Mavericks kind of controlled a significant portion of the game, but because Nikola Jokic is that good, he kept them in it uh, with with his play. And then in the fourth quarter, the Mavericks just broke the whole thing wide open. Uh, it was this wild thing where Dallas Mavericks players hit three-pointers. It was a unfamiliar feeling to me, something uh, I'm just not used to in 2022. Um, even though it's funny, you look at their three-point shooting stats. They only shot 37%. felt like they helped hit a million. Um, they also survived kind of an odd shooting performance from both Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway with everyone else on the team hitting shots. Uh, Reggie Bullock was four of eight since he's returned from his COVID stretch. He has been pretty much lights out, which has been delightful. Been an element Mavericks needed. Uh, Josh Green soaked up some minutes with Dorian Finney-Smith uh, having a weird foul trouble. Uh, and, and the Mavericks just looked good. Uh, there, there's something to be you know, said there for winning two games in a row. And I just said this to Josh in our, our uh, recap podcast that uh, now after starting off the year this way, it's a three-game win streak. I will be okay if the Golden State Warriors absolutely annihilate the Mavericks. So, all right, guys, let's uh, talk about this game. Tell me what you uh, liked, what you didn't, and we will um, get on out of here because there's not much to complain about. Coming up first, Mr. Dang. How you doing tonight, my friend? Hit that unmute button for us. Just the best audio. Right. It's so long, Kirk. Uh, wow. I've been away for a little bit, unfortunately. That's okay. And the app's a little buggy at the moment where it doesn't necessarily tell me when people are unmuted. It's it's kind of frustrating. Wow. Kleber was unreal in the first period. Holy Impressive Maxi. Like throwback Maxi, like rookie year Maxi, where he was just kind of like being a lunatic, um, playing, you know, uh, just the way he was guarding the rim, the blocks, the steals, and that sort of stuff. It was fun. Oh, yeah. The confidence he showed, too, to take some of those shots. Maybe, maybe he had, maybe he has a new girlfriend. Um, wow. The, the Maxi stuff with, with, with he and a, a girlfriend, it was, it was just very, uh, that that's my theory at the moment. I'm sticking to it. So well, he needs to marry her. <laughs> not, and I note for the record, I have no idea if he actually has a girlfriend, but it's just something that, that, that I remember from years past where it's like, he was, uh, he was on fire anytime he was, uh, uh the internet said he was dating somebody because it was really, it was nice to see kind of a, a throwback defensive performance. I still don't know what to make of this Dallas defense. Maybe it's just cause I'm not used to defense. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre. It was like I was in a bizarro world, you know. This is the alternate reality where they're playing defense. Staying in front of people, switching, talking to each other. It was uh, quite a contrast. I was like, is this the same Mavericks team? It was just bizarre. Well, have you caught – how many other recent games have you caught? I've caught all of them. I've just been missing your group therapy. Been a little bit slow in in logging in and stuff. I've been – well, somehow, somehow they've actually played really good defense for like 12 games now. The problem is their offense hasn't been able to keep pace. So prior to tonight, I want to say they were, they've, they've only, like of their last 12 games, which is what Falwell was talking about with like their defensive rating. It's, it's been one of the 
better ones in the league. And they've all, they're only seven and five, which probably makes it feel, you know, it's like, oh, we're not really crediting their defense. But uh, the, it, it's been nice. It's It's been nice to watch the effort. You know, Luca kind of got away with like rampant roaming tonight, which sometimes that just kicks the shit out of them. But the, the th- you know, the Nuggets committed 25 turnovers. Like that sucks. And the Mavericks played a big part in that. Oh, yeah. And then all the free throws, those were really big uh, gifts for the Mavs. All those free throws being missed. It was amazing. Oh, not only the free throws being missed, but the free throws themselves on the Maverick side, like taking. Like Luca had been. Even going back to, to his pre-injury games, like when he was kind of hobbling around, he was not hitting or really getting to the line almost at all, which was kind of an indicator for me that he needed to, to get out. And he, um, tonight he went six of eight from the field. He had zero against Denver and then he had five in the two games before they, they finally decided to shut him down because he, he, he tweaked, like he tweaked his ankle and then he looked like crap against the Pacers. So it's like Luca getting to the line is a bit of a bellwether for me because it means he's, he's confident enough in his, in his, um, driving, which I think is, it's the skeleton key for the Dallas offense for me. Oh yeah. It was a, a really nice team effort that we saw, you know, ball movement was really good tonight again. You know, it was just a all around overall great effort. You know, I was really shocked. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I, it's, it's, it's enjoy, you know, coming into these and being pissed is sometimes kind of fun, but it's like these last three games, <laughs> we've only talked for like 25 minutes because everybody's like, Oh, this is nice. Let's get on out of Dodge. I'm not used to this. What are we doing here, Kirk? You know? <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I know. This is just. Un- unreal you know normally i'm bitching about something about cuban or the team it's so nice to feel the endorphins of a three-game winning streak right and going to bed like i don't know about you when they lose i don't really sleep i, I just i i, I kind of sleep fitfully but tonight i'm gonna go to bed it's gonna be great oh yeah well great to hear from you Curry. looking forward to more uh more games in the future Appreciate it. I hope you come back Wednesday because after that Dirk uh, retirement, I think we either may need to only talk about Dirk stuff because if they get blown off the floor by the Warriors or if they shock us, we'll have a ton to talk about because it'll be a great win and Dirk stuff. So please come back. Hope to see you soon. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay. So, Chris, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Kirk. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I am. I'm feeling nice. This is this is pleasing. I was. I, I watched the game. You know, it's it's we have a great staff at Mavs Moneyball, and uh, sometimes it's hard to get people to sign up for stuff. But this week, everything was signed up for, so I got to watch the game, and then I started putting together. Um, we have a post coming out tomorrow afternoon on everybody's favorite Dirk stories, and we've done that in here, so we need to rehash it. But it's like some people brought up some really great stuff. Uh, yeah, so I'm, and I'm I, I love y'all's articles too. I, I've been re- I've been reading them for years, but this whole uh, green room thing, you know, I've been doing it this year. Um, but yeah. How many uh, triple doubles do you think Luca would have had more in his career? Because I swear he's always one assist away or like two bre- rebounds away from getting a triple double. Like he's he's already had a lot of triple doubles so far in his career, but man, he would have a lot more. You know, <laughs> it's like one more assist here, one more rebound there. It's kind of crazy. But so he's at thirty eight for his career, and just putting kind of a, a point on it, I think he should probably like. With the missed shots, those are the ones that kill me, where he'll have, like, a, an eight-assist game, and then the Mavericks will have shot, like, eight of 42 from three. Those are the ones that really piss me off um, yeah. because it's, like, reliant on the fact that he's, you know, really table-setting and it doesn't work out. He should probably have, like, 
let's just say conservatively, I think he should have about 10 more, but he'll finish with a lot. I mean, triple doubles, he'll, he'll likely take team success over triple doubles anytime. So it's just like, there's some kind points in the season where I think he, he gets um, triple double happy where he's hunting for something is like a means to keep him engaged. But Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm choosing to take the sunny side up approach. If he's been really terrible these two games, shooting the ball seven of 18 in this game, and then what was he the night before? Um, he was seven of 18 against the the Denver, and then he was six of 14 uh, against the the Thunder. So that's 15, uh, 13 of 32, which is not great. It's you know roughly 40. Um, percent uh, I've got a good I'm, feeling about this Mavs team just lately, you know, the last week. I know I'm not going to overreact to about tonight's win because we played a Denver team that was just decimated. I know we're missing some players. That's life or, in the uh, NBA, though. you got to yeah, take that's those the new wins. NBA. Yeah. Three but, wins in a row is nothing to scoff at. The last time this team won three wins in a row was before the Suns just detonated on, on the Mavericks. So they had... They won three games in a row in early November where they beat the Spurs, Boston, and New Orleans. And then after that, it's been three steps forward, two steps back, almost exclusively. Um, I feel like our worst-case scenario, even if we just shit the bed on a lot more games later in the season, if we go 42 and 42 with how bad the West has been, we could still probably end up being the sixth or seventh spot. Obviously, you want to stay out of the seventh. You know, they're not because of that play-in, but – I mean, right now, I mean, I think our ceiling obviously is the fifth seed. I mean, unless Memphis just goes on a massive losing streak and we get really hot, kind of like how they did in the beginning of the season, we might be able to take that fourth seed, hopefully, and get you know home court advantage. So I know it's still early on in the season, but get our guys back. Stay, you can't really avoid the whole COVID thing. I mean, you know. I like no, but this is this is the right approach if you're a if you're a sunny side up kind of kind of guy, and I I, I think you are. And yes, the real yes. the the real you know getting through December was about keeping your head above water because when Luca went down with the ankle injury and then the COVID stuff happened, it was simply about not getting broadsided. And now they're one game above 500, which feels pretty good considering they they just. They were slowly losing ground. I want to say the worst that they were at any point was two games under 500, um, which if you throw back to last year, at one point the Mavericks were 8-13. Eight like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was bad. Like the, I remember I, I go to Orange Theory, and, uh, and I was out in Virginia, and the, the coach was like, Are, is, your, is your team just terrible? And I was like, man, I, and I was like, that was like the turning point because after that, like Rick started playing like his like five and a half man rotation with only the players he trusted. And then they slowly pulled themselves out of the muck. And, and, you know, this field, this has kind of a different vibe to it because I mentioned this earlier, like Josh Green getting 17 minutes, he didn't, you know, he, he scored six points and didn't really do much else had a couple of wild turnovers, but like soaking up minutes where he's not losing, like the Mavericks aren't losing ground. I, that that just has to be valuable as the year goes on. It's so funny that ever since that whole Desmond Bain interview, he's been playing, playing a lot more. But I, I want this for Josh Green. I mean, I don't want him to go out there and suck, obviously, but I want him. Hell, if we drafted him first round, 18th overall, like just let him develop shit. Yeah. He's play alongside Luca, you know. But I think we're at a good spot. Like I said, I mean, we, and, you know, a couple weeks ago we played against the Jazz. I mean, we lose by four, and we hardly had any of our guys there. So, and then losing that bullshit one against the Kings. I mean, <laughs> these kind of games they're just going to happen and all. But we've got a lot, lot more games to play. We, we're only missing what KP now. I think. Uh, are we missing anybody else? I can't. Boban's still out. There's, and you know, it, it gets a little wonky because you're, you're we're going to have to start looking at. 
what the Mavericks do about a player like Chris who gave him to get creative. Cut Willie. <laughs> choppy, yeah. choppy Willie, man. Just get him off the team. I don't want him. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't I think anybody that. wants him. So, uh, but see how that goes. Hopefully, uh, yeah, like I said last night, they don't shit the bed on Wednesday because that's just, you know, Dirk, you know, Dirk being there for his retirement ceremony. So, well, it's very funny. It's very funny to me that they're doing that after the game. Um, but it's just oh like, why God. are we? Yeah, you can't lose by 20 or 30 <laughs> and then have Dirk's. Oh my God, that'd be so embarrassing. Like, uh. It's just the most like kind of like like Dallas thing ever. It's like, oh, they're doing this for this reason. The real reason is they want fans to be there because Mavs fans are notoriously shitty about getting the games on time, as you have, as you <laughs> absolutely know, going to games. Um, Man, when I get there, I get there right. Actually, uh, you would sit in section 104 and you get like uh, autographs. Uh, I think one time I got Lamar's autograph. Lamar Odom. I was like, I don't watch your autograph. I got Mark Cuban. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, because I was actually uh, talking to Mark Cuban. I got his autograph, and then Lamar kind of walked by real quick and was giving by autographs. I'm just standing there. I'm like, thinking, I'm like, I don't want your autograph. You're like one of the worst Mavericks ever until, you know, Rondo shows up. I don't know. Lamar Odom or uh, Rajon Rondo, who do you think's worse? I mean, God. Knowing what we know about where Odom was in his life, where he was kind of having some drug issues, I have to say Rondo. Cause... Yeah, because he just totally quit on us when we're going yeah. into the 2015 like, playoffs or whatever it was. Yeah, I have a lot more sim- – like me in my my mid-20s had no sympathy for Lamar Odom, and that was just me being an asshole. And now I feel a lot – like Rondo is just um, – Rondo sucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a tag, but yeah, I'll say I'll, real quick, yeah, just going into the games early, uh, pre-COVID, I would always get there right when they open and just try to get an autograph. It uh, kind of sucks. I've never gotten Dirk's autograph, but he he wouldn't go out there. No, it, it just cause a mob scene and stuff. But you know, anyway. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, let's let, let's get a four game winning streak going. Hopefully, we haven't had one yet. I don't think this season. The four four game winning streak. I had it up. I feel like they did win four. I think they won five at one point this year. Like they had a oh, good. Oh, okay. Yeah, because do you remember in the early games, everybody. I was trying not to be a Debbie Downer. But they won a bunch oh, of that's games, right, that's right. and I knew <laughs> I kind of thought they were worse than. Yeah, because we were like grinding out against bad teams, but we, we were winning. Yes. But, you know, this year, I think we're really. I mean, obviously, we're playing a lot better defense, and lately we've been hitting our threes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like we're in a good spot because our guys are starting to hit threes now. And Tim, okay, Tim Hardaway Jr. Right, I get this off my chest. I'm just sick of him, man. Like, he's taking these rushed, impulsive shots. He's just trying to shoot himself out of a funk. That's one thing. Doing that. Do- at one or two games, but I feel like he's been doing that all season. Like he just, it just sucks at the three point shot right now. I mean, I don't know. No, it does. But uh, I, I, I have a special, like I'm, it's very odd. Y'all have heard me for years. I lose my mind with certain players and then other players. I just don't have much to say about Tim and and Bullock have been two guys that I just have kind of kept quiet about because I really think, they're like, and, and Bullock's starting to kind of turn it around. I mean, he's had three pretty good games in a row. Not, you know, he's not going to shoot 50% forever, but he's, he's not, he's no longer looking like a dead weight. Tim, I just can't shake the fact that Tim Hardaway was really good for two plus years with the Mavericks. And now he looks like he, he, he looks like somebody stole his mojo. And, you know, they, there were stretches like that last year before the Detroit game where he had his, like, grandma and a bunch of people in attendance last year, and then he was just on fire the rest of the year. So I still hold out some hope. I also don't think you want to trade a guy that looks this rough. Like, yes. you're not going to get value. Like, I, I, 
I do think they moved him. That that is something I've sort of said. Every time he takes a shot, I'm I'm just yelling at the TV already before mm-hmm. it's gonna miss or make. I'm just like no, like that, that's when you know it's just it's you just have a bad feeling about a guy. Like I don't know. Sure, sure. Well, it, it, we'll see where they go. We'll we'll see because if they're winning games with him playing like crap, what happens if he figures something out? Oh know? Jesus Christ! I know we'd be winning a lot more games now. So that's right. Well, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Kurt. Mm-hmm. All right, Sam, making it in here early again. How you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How you doing, Kurt? Feeling good. Feeling good. Might try to go watch some television. Might try and might just go to bed. It's really it's these it's these games like this where I feel like I can do something else with my evening. It's it's nice. Hey, trust me, I feel you. Like I had to go back to work today, and I felt like I was at work for 24 hours. So. <laughs> I'm really tired right now, so uh, I, I understand the feeling. But um, yeah, good win. Um, you know, obviously you want to try to keep stacking these wins together. Um, obviously Golden State on uh, was it Wednesday? I think or Thursday. Wednesday, yep. Wednesday, okay, Wednesday. And I mean, Cuban knows what he's doing. Either they get blown out like we expect them to, or they're like, okay, this is Dirk's. You know, retirement jersey night. We gotta go out there and win this game. So apparently, it was dictated entirely by Dirk's availability. Like my my favorite thing that the Mavericks have been able to trick people who don't who don't do stuff like this is that they made Dirk like part of the front office, and like Dirk doesn't Dirk's not around. Like Dirk <laughs> Dirk doesn't do like Dirk like travels and has his kids and does stuff. Like he's not going to the Mavs facility every day. But Cuban said it was dictated entirely by Dirk's availability. I do love the fact that it's going to be against the Warriors because um, do you remember the gosh what All Star game was it where Clay and um, Curry fed him a dunk on a fast break? Yeah, that was 2014 in Brooklyn. Oh, what a beautiful moment! And somebody made a meme that that when Dirk is pointing to the sky and they're running in front of him, and I still remember a meme where it said um, "Splash Brothers" with "Splash Father," <laughs> and and I just like I've loved that one since always. And I I think it's kind of neat because it's like he was such a game breaking shooter, and the both the both Clay and Curry are are specific kind of game breaking shooters in their own right. Obviously Curry, you know, probably the best shooter of all time. So I, I like that kind of like odd symmetry going on there. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always funny too, because you just think about it in an alternate universe. If Dirk doesn't win the title, he's probably winning the championship with Golden State. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I always, for some reason, that just always pops in my head. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a great synergy moment, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Like I think it's, I wish I could go, but I'm just not. I don't have the time or the money to go. <laughs> so I know, I just, I know just man. My, it's. I, I think I've surprised some people because I've gotten a lot of questions on whether I'm going to go, and I probably had I asked early enough, I probably could have gotten media credentials. But like, number one, I don't ever go. It's not part of my routine. I got to quarterback the Mavs coverage for the site. And number two, like, I, I if I was to go, I would kind of want to go as a fan, and I wouldn't want to have to work it, but. If I do that, then I wouldn't be able to do this. And, like, I really like hanging out with the people here and talking about this sort of stuff after the game rather than, you know, going. And, you know, I'd probably meet up with people there because there's a lot of folks I know that are going. But it's just kind of a different vibe. I'll probably regret it later. Like, I deeply regret I was in uh, Miami for a bachelor party when I was uh, in 2011. In 2011, I would have been 27 years old. And my wife and I, like, were pretty broke then. And she was like, oh, you should go to game six. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're, 
they're not going to win game six. And then they won game six in Miami, and I should have gone some of a moron. This is oh. the moral of that story. What are you doing? What are you doing? I would have cut <laughs> my arm off to go to that game. Man. I, was, I, literally, I literally called my manager from from work that day and said, hey, I can't come to work. And I was fake sick and just everything. I didn't even work that morning just to watch the game that day. It was, I, that's why I told, like, I went off on a tangent about this last year in the playoffs where I was just, like, telling people about the playoff games. Like, Dirk had something like 42 home playoff games, like, total. Like, you always want to go to playoff games if you can make it happen. And I just should have done that then. For this, I'm like, you know, I'm going to enjoy watching on TV more, getting to, like, see and hear things more. Like, I like listening to the commentators talk about this stuff. So that, it's going to be, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I expect a lot of fireworks and, um, I really, I don't know. I got a feeling about it. I don't know why. I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. And, you know, Luca loves playing Curry. Like, and he's been so shitty on offense. I I can't, I mean, on shooting like lately because he's just been bricking. Maybe he's saving them all up. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, he did come back from COVID and he did say that, you know, he was really tired when he had it. So maybe he's just kind of working back the conditioning part of things. So by Wednesday, he'll have a full, you know, adrenaline just running through his veins at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Well, uh, that's all I got, Kirk. You have a good night, all right? Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. All right. Last but not least, Jim. What's going on tonight, Jim? Not much, man. I'm just enjoying this three-game winning streak, man. I am, too. I tell you, one of the things I've noticed, y'all been talking about the defense. One of the things I've noticed about the defense is it looks like they're either recognizing and committing to the rotations much better. Because it seemed like, you know, rotation in defense is a lot like a, a well-designed pass play for a quarterback. Quarterback's got to go through his reads, and each route comes open at a certain time. So you got to make your decision, go to the next, make a decision, go to the next. And if you don't do it fast enough, you get off time, then things are not mm. open. And with the rotations on defense, if you don't leave right when you have to leave, you're not going to make the next guy. And what I was seeing a lot in the first of the year well, you would see some, maybe the first guy would rotate, but he would rotate late. Then the next person can't rotate until that guy rotates. And then by the time they got to the fourth or something around there, they're not even trying. They're just like, I'm not going to make it. But tonight, and especially, and in the last several games, it's like they know where they need to go. They're getting there really quick, and they're committing to it because you all, you got to trust it that uh-huh. if you leave your place that your next guy's going to be there. And it's like they're just starting to get this. And and for me, that's what I noticed tonight because you saw a lot. There was very few just wide open shots like we have seen earlier in the year. Yeah, and, and the, that's been the stretch. You know, the, the starting group. The starting group is is interesting in this regard. So it was Luca Brunson, Powell, Kleba, Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. Luca is traditionally and probably will always be some sort of weak link within a defensive unit. He yeah. gambled a lot tonight. I mean, at four steals. Sometimes gambling yeah. pays off. But the other four guys on that floor are all, you know, Hardaway is probably not a good example because that man gets lost. Like, like sometimes Tim just spins in circles. But there, there's a significant number of other guys in this team that I think are really committing to the rotations in a way where it's, it's, it's not the first rotation which kills the Mavericks or has, right. you know, it's the second one. And it, it makes me think of the, the uh, game-winning three against the Kings, the, the first one, where Brunson just didn't commit to charging the three-point shooter because um, the guy was such a bad shooter. But it's, I think you're right about this. And, and, and you know, I was talking about this with um, Matt Moore of the Action Network, who's joined us in here a few times. And 
He said that, you know, looking at clips last year, it's so evident that they were just playing such a conservative style with Porzingis kind of hanging back for, you know, I think a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they're just, they're playing a, they're playing aggressively without getting destroyed. And, and that was kind of kids hallmark in the first good year with the Bucks. And then they started to get their floor. Then they started to get their ass kicked in the next year. But for now, I don't really care. Like just notch wins however you need to. And if, if, you know, teams figure out your defense, then you do something different. Yeah. And I'm going to be, I'm going to make a, this may sound stupid, but I really think on, I mean, there's nothing lucky about COVID, but I think there are some things that were very positive about the timing of this happening along with Luca's injury. And I'll point to a guy like Sterling Brown. I mean, couldn't shoot his way out of a paper bag. for the first part of the season. <laughs> I mean, just couldn't, man. I mean, you know, if you, his life depended on it, he was going to break it. And guys like that, when they get in that kind of funk, it's hard to come in for 12 minutes with two attempts and shoot your way out of it. I agree. I think he needed some time where everybody was gone and he just had to do it. And I think that's where he got himself right was over this last stretch. And you notice now he's shooting really well, you know, and just playing really well. And back to something that's a little bit more normal. And I think he just needed a couple of games where you're just going to have to take five or six or seven and you just know you have to take them because there's nobody else. And and that's when he seemed to get right. And I think that's been happening with a lot of the players. I think Josh, I, I, I gotta I gotta give it to Kid on this because I mean I don't know if it was him or not, but he didn't point him out at the first of the season. And Josh Green's playing a lot better. I don't know if he spent a lot of time with him. I don't know if it's just clicked on or just giving him some time. And it's just lucky for him. But man, he is playing so much better. Um, yeah, I mean, so he's, he's playing like he's not afraid he's going to get taken out. And that happened a lot with Carlisle. Well, um, I mean, that happened with every rookie with Carlisle. <laughs> I mean, there Roddy, were plays, Roddy Beaubois scored 40 points, and he'd come out and he'd shoot. He'd, he'd make some dumb play, and you'd never see him again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, that one game, I remember I saw in the next game, he came in and he made a couple mistakes. He was gone, you know, was, and then buried forever, you know. One of, and, one of Josh Green's skills that I do enjoy watching are, are his willingness to make some of these more high risk passes. <clears throat> and there were, there were plays last year. I remember he fed one to Willie and it was beautiful. Like it was like an oop above the rim and Willie couldn't yeah. finish it. And so instead of pulling Willie, Carl pulled him. And it's like, yeah. what are we doing? Well, one of the things about Josh that helps us, it helps it allow in a way I think what kid is working toward, this allows us to start Brunson. Because if you'll notice, Josh can bring the ball up some. Mm-hmm. That gives us some some heat off him because he's been bringing the ball up some and initiating the offense, starting it off. And with, you know, when we had Brunson in the second group, I mean, he could do that. But now if you're going to start Brunson and Luca, you know, you need somebody in that second group when they're not on the floor. And I thought Frankie would be it, but oh, he's, he's playing like crap right now. So, I mean... Um, outside of his defense, rather. and um, But I think that Josh, and that's really good for us, because that gives us someone who's large, very quick, very defensive-minded, but also can initiate that offense as well. Um, I think that just helps our second unit a lot. And, and you know, and like you said about Tim, Tim Hardaway, he'll get right at some point. I'm not worried about him. This is, um, this is unrelated to what you said, but you made me think of an observation I had in the games I was sitting there with my wife. I saw Josh Green stand next to Aaron Gordon, and and it was just Aaron Gordon is enormous. Yeah, I like Josh Green is a big man. Aaron Gordon is huge. 
And it was just kind of wild, like watching that to make me think, it's like, man, I get why the Nuggets went all in for that guy. Watch the way he's playing with them now. Anyhow, like I said, unrelated, but it's just something that was on my mind because I, but I agree with you with, with the, the green minutes. I mean, there's no, as long as Josh Green isn't losing games for you, then there's really no downside to playing him because if Josh Green is losing games for you, then your team is in a wildly different state as is. And so until Porzingis comes back from this COVID stretch, which I think will probably be, you know, most of this week. All the the Mavericks need to keep their heads above water and try to figure it out. And right now, you know, a three-game win streak back above 500, it sort of feels like house money relative to where they, you know, I, I, as down as I felt about them this year. So it's, it's, a, it's a not bad place to be. Yeah, and the thing y'all talking about, Willie, I really think they're just keeping And this last thing I'm going to say, last, I only think they're, the only reason I think they have not cut Willie, because he's not owed money after this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unguaranteed, I believe, next year. Yeah. But, I think the only reason they're keeping him around is for trade match because that yeah. that is attractive. You can trade match for four million. He can bring back almost seven million, you know, in in a trade equivalent, and then them not owe him, but maybe half of this season. And and for that money, I mean, they could kick in the money for this season, and the other teams not out anything really, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a, that is one positive thing they have because they don't have many assets. They've got to main. They've got to do something with everything they have. You know, I agree. And, I, so anyway, that's me, man, and, and um, love the green room, man. I'll catch y'all later, all right? Sure thing. Thanks for joining, Jim. Okay. Once again, guys, we're in and out of here in a half hour because the Mavericks won, and we're all happy. So I want you guys to go about your Tuesday because tomorrow is somehow only Tuesday. Uh, what Sam said earlier about this being a 24-hour workday was dead fucking on. Oh, goodness. Um, And, yeah, we will uh, we'll hang out again. Uh, Josh Bow and I recorded podcasts. You know, we, we put up, I'm basically going to put up like four podcasts in less than like 36 hours. So uh, go download the list of those things. Really appreciate everybody's uh, stuff. And I hope you guys have a good uh, Tuesday and we'll talk Wednesday night. Bye guys.